time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Walter Storholt alongside Glenn Mosseller. Glenn, what's going on with you this week? How are you, sir? Hey, Walter. We're staying busy and you know trying to keep up with everything that's going on in the world. It's quite an interesting place these days. Yeah, I know. Before we uh, hit the record button on today's show, Glenn and I were just going back and forth, just talking about all the news that's going on I mean, out there. And trade wars, as we're recording today, has been in the news a lot in the stock market. So it's just, uh, yeah, we almost didn't get to do a show today because we just got chit-chatty <laughs> so, so much back and forth. Right, Glenn? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, we're going to have some more chit chat, but now with the record running, we're going to talk a little bit today about portfolio disasters. And this isn't to be uh, shocking or alarmist in any way, but it does seem, Glenn, whether it's a political disaster or maybe more of the uh, natural disaster variety, you know, wildfires here in North Carolina, of course, we've dealt with our share of hurricanes and not just, you know, over the decades, but just last year, many impacted in the state from that. Tornadoes and floods are always a big deal in this area uh, a couple times a year, it seems. So there's always some disaster making headlines in the news. But what about our personal lives. When life and limb aren't necessarily at stake when it comes to our financial portfolios, we can still experience some disasters there that could have a similar catastrophic event or impact on our financial lives going forward and on our retirement. So we want to discuss some of the portfolio disasters that we've seen and give you tips on how to avoid falling into one of these pitfalls and experiencing one of these disasters yourself. So I'll present a couple of scenarios. Glenn, you tell us where you've seen these cases happen before and how you help people put in plans in place to avoid these things. First on my list here is a recently widowed spouse who's completely in the dark about the financial situation of the family. Why is that such a a disaster for a family and one of these portfolio disasters we want to talk about today? Well, Walter, I mean, that's a tough spot to be in, right? If you, I mean, you imagine put yourself in her shoes. So now you're there and, you know, in all likelihood, most of these cases end up in one of two scenarios where either the spouse who passed was a do-it-yourselfer and you know, basically did all of that stuff, picked the investments and organized the finances and whatnot. And then, you know, something happened to them and now there's kind of nobody in charge, right? And the surviving spouse was really, like you say, left in the dark. And now they've got to figure out how to deal with all, everything. And they don't really have a you know, good sense of where to start and, and who to trust. Obviously, it's just kind of self-explanatory how that becomes a disaster. And, you know, another scenario is that, you know, maybe they were working with an advisor that just really developed a really super strong rapport with one of the spouses, which is nothing wrong with that. On the other hand, you know, there needs to be that camaraderie or that rapport with both folks so everybody understands what's going on and how everything is intended to work so that there can be a continuation of the plans and adaption of the plans to make everything work if something happens when one spouse passes. And so, you know, it's oftentimes that folks just don't think that through all the way. I mean, they they kind of address it to some extent inside their head, but it's one of those things, well, you know, let's put that off and let's not think about that because that's not a pleasant thing to think about. That a lot of times happens at an unconscious level and it's just kind of pushing things off and we'll just, well, we'll worry about that later. 
and eventually later does come. And if it hasn't been addressed properly, it can create a real difficult situation. Yeah, it's always underscoring the importance of communication, and that's definitely a situation you do not want to be in. And if you communicate, if everybody's involved in the process, at least in some way, shape, or form, it's going to help you avoid those kinds of situations. It's just always good to remember that. Another portfolio disaster, Glenn, that I know you've seen before is uh, now it's been a while. We've had some pretty good market the last decade or so now, but you've seen it in your career certainly a couple of times already. A market crash that forces somebody to work longer than they had originally planned or go back to work if they've already retired, which is, I think, even more catastrophic in many ways. Sure. Well, Walter, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, I we've talked about it many times on you know, previous shows where folks, they tend to look at their finances and their retirement planning in, in an awful lot of cases. And in a, lot, a lot of advisors are really oriented to the accumulation phase of life, right, where you're saving for retirement. But there's also the preservation phase and the distribution phase. And ultimately, the vast majority of people are saving in those retirement accounts, you know, for retirement. They're saving to be able to create their own pension in their 401ks or, you know, maybe in addition to an existing pension. But they're looking to basically turn those dollars or portions of those accounts into a cash flow at some point. And so, you know, making sure that you have the right attitude and the right strategies in place when it comes to your money, when you're approaching and stepping in towards retirement in those years and making sure that your money is positioned in such a way that market forces, you know, shouldn't really play that much of a role. And if you end up having a crash happen, which, you know, you really can't control that, but if it does happen and you're not positioned properly, suddenly you find yourself in this place that it's like, oh, your resources aren't what you thought they were going to be and what you need for them to be. And so now all of a sudden you've got to change your whole plan. And so, you know, chasing after returns is, you know, rarely, if ever, a really good strategy. But if it's going to ever be somewhat acceptable, it's got to be, you know, obviously in your earlier years when you're really accumulating and you're younger, as you're transitioning towards those retirement years, you have to, you know, temper that with some preservation and distribution strategies as if what is going to be your exit strategy? How are you going to turn this money into income? And how are you going to basically take the stock market ups and downs out of the planning process so that you don't have to worry about, you know, hey, gosh, you know, the market's moved here or there. And so that means I've got to work longer. I've, I've got to do this. You know, that should not be an issue. Obviously, it's going to have something to do with some of your portfolio, but you should have plans in place to make sure that that it doesn't really change your life. I mean, you know, a market downturn should not change your retirement plans. Today's, that makes sense, yeah, right? today's I mean, word of the day is plan. Uh, plan's going to help you avoid all these portfolio disasters. Well, that's just it. And you've got, you've got to be ready for it, you know, a collaboration with you and your advisor. And if your advisor is not, you know, helping you through that and, it's, and you're still just talking about, you know, what kind of returns are you getting or, or the performance of in your portfolio, then that should be a little bit of a red flag. And that, that may sound kind of weird, but if you're in the retirement years or you're transitioning to the retirement years, there needs to be some additional conversations about income planning and how are you going to make your money last and what are you going to do with your money that you've saved for retirement, not just doing everything you can to possibly make it grow in the future. I mean, that's important, but I think everybody can kind of get the point is that over time, 
time when you're in the retirement years, it becomes less and less important and becomes more and more important about how are you going to be able to, you know, to take income and make your money last through retirement and pass on a legacy and do all the things that you've really planned and wanted to do your entire life important to think about these things, even if everything's going well in your financial life right now, do you have plans in place that are going to prevent these portfolio disasters in the future? And many of these portfolio disasters are things we won't think will happen to us, right? They're things that we think will happen to other people. And this is especially the case with this next example, Glenn, and that's a family legacy that somebody, you know, spent a lifetime accumulating and hoping to achieve that now gets wiped out by nursing home expenses. We all think it's not going to happen to us, but I'm sure that the road to retirement and through life is littered with examples of where this has happened many, many times. Well, you're exactly right, Walter. And, you know, I mean, I think just about everybody has had either some experience in their life by, you know, with family members, maybe their own parents, or at the very least, they have friends that their parents or um, somebody that they're closely involved with. It doesn't, they don't have to look too far before they find somebody who is, who has had that experience. And, we look at those numbers and they're really just astronomical. It's just like, you know, when, when you start looking at, you know, the cost of nursing care and what it runs, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand $10,000 a month, I mean, it doesn't take very long before you can really wipe out, you know, a lifetime of saving. And so, you know, what you everybody needs to do is they need to have some sort of a hedge in place and some strategies in place to determine how are you going to deal with that, you know, if the need comes. Because we know that, you know, once folks make it to their 60s, you know, and they're, you know, they start receiving their Social Security and going to Medicare, the likelihood is, is, you know, um, for a married couple, I mean, at least one person, if not both, are going to, li- you know, are likely going to live into their 80s and possibly even in their 90s. And, you know, as we move along and, and technology happens and the different medical breakthroughs take place, we know that there's more and more of that risk of spending time in the nursing home and the costs that are associated with that. And so that needs to be part of everybody's plan. And so what are you going to do and how are you going to deal with it? Yeah, so important. And another example here, too, of things that would qualify as a portfolio disaster. The unfortunate one about this, as with some of these others as well, is once they happen, just as any disaster, the road to recovery is very painful, difficult, and sometimes not even that achievable. And sometimes you just have to start over. The good news with a natural disaster is you can kind of hit that reset button. With these portfolio disasters, it can be difficult to even do that. And if you have somebody that's living in their 80s only on Social Security. That's their only reliable source of income in their 80s. At that point, in most cases, that would be considered a a portfolio disaster, right? That's going to be a tough road to hoe for many folks at that age and only that amount of support. And it's tough when it's reached that point. Well, you're right, Walter. You know, and unfortunately, that that's where a lot of folks find themselves in their 80s. And so obviously, you know, when we're making plans, we, you, know, the, you know, our objective is to, you know, have additional income plans in place, you know, because we think in terms of multiple streams of income in retirement and everybody's situation is different. But virtually everybody needs to be planning, you know, to think in terms of, hey, I, I'm going to need more than Social Security. And so a lot of that planning has to do with, you know, in the saving years as you're putting money away, obviously, it's, you know, to just have a nest egg, you know, to begin with. But once you've reached that point and you're getting, you know, into your 50s and 60s and and you've saved, you know, money for your retirement, you know, now you start to think in terms of, well, what strategies can I have in place to make sure that this money is going to last me? Because I think most people are not really 
as much of an investor as they are a saver, you know, when they're saving for retirement, they're saving those money into those accounts so they will have more in retirement. And so now we got to figure out in the planning process, okay, how do we make those resources that you've spent a lifetime saving, how do we make that into additional income streams and possibly income streams that maybe turn on at different times? You know, you might turn on a stream of income, you know, sometime, you know, in your 60s or your, your late 60s, early 70s, and maybe there's additional money that you can access you know, that you've put in the plan to maybe turn on a little bit later on. And so that we have ways of making sure that we keep bridging gaps that come along because inflation creates, you know, income gaps because the expenses are constantly going up. And so we need to you know, plan for and put in place plans to have increasing income, you know, and not only just rely on Social Security. Great points as always, Glenn. Before we wrap up, have you seen any other examples of portfolio disasters when you've met with prospective clients over the years that are worth mentioning? Yeah, I I think, Walter, I mean, one of the things that really kind of comes to mind here, I mean, we've talked a little bit about income planning and long-term care and all the things that kind of come up that can create problems in the retirement years. One of them that I see that is possibly brewing for an awful lot of folks is, you know, where they have their money saved, you know, and that that may sound like a weird kind of thing, but it's possible to have too much money in tax deferred accounts. What I mean by that is like your 401ks and your traditional IRAs. And, you know, if you have an inordinate amount of money that's there that has not yet been taxed, you know, what are going to be the implications, you know, in the future, you know, if we have higher taxes going forward? Now, I know we've just experienced some tax cuts. And right now we're at pretty much at historically low rates of taxes. I, I know nobody kind of feels that way. I mean, everybody feels like they're paying you know too much in taxes, and at least most people do. But you know, if you've got money that has not yet been taxed and it's going to be subject to the tax rates in the future, you know, if you start to think about that, and when you start drawing money out, what is the implications going to be? You know, to that if in fact you're kind of in your retirement years, you're in your 70s, your 80s, and you have what you've saved is what you have to last you, and you don't really have control over how much of that money in the account is yours and how much of that is going to go to to Washington and possibly Raleigh. So we want to think in terms of you know making you know some hedging plans for long-term care the income planning side but also in terms of tax planning side you know that's a piece that a lot of people leave out and you know it's a possible you know problem and a likely problem for quite a few folks that I end up seeing that come into the office you know and sit down with me and we start looking at their portfolios and a lot of times folks have a lot of money saved but we have to think in terms of well what are going to be the tax implications and we've really got to develop an exit strategy on how you're going to get money out of these accounts in the most tax efficient manner always so important to do just that plan think about the tax implications and all the other things that we've talked about today it only happens if you've got a comprehensive plan that's covering all of those different moving parts and if you haven't put one of those together before i encourage you to reach out to glenn mosseller and talk a little bit about doing that today 336-291-3535 is your number to call if you want to reach glenn 336-291-3535 glenn's a registered financial consultant and the founder and president of roadmap financial Consulting, serving you in Greensboro on Mears Chapel Road. You can find them online by going to greensbororetirement.com. That's greensbororetirement.com. Click on the free consultation button at the bottom of the page. You can schedule a time to meet right there from your smartphone or computer. Just go to greensbororetirement.com. Glenn, thanks for the time this week. We'll have another great podcast on tap next time around. All right, Walter. Take care now. Talk to you soon. That's Glenn Mosseller. I'm Walter Sorholt. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. 